0: Welcome back to the Revelation Power Podcast. I'm author and host Kevin Hopkins, and this is episode 181. We continue through John chapter 20, beginning in verse 24. John 20, verse 24. Jesus had appeared to the disciples in the previous four verses. They were behind locked doors. Suddenly he was standing among them, didn't come in through the door, Supernatural power is obviously implied. He speaks to the disciples, directs them to receive the Holy Spirit, and then tells them if they forgive anyone's sins, those sins are forgiven. Verse 24. Now Thomas, also known as the doubter, uh, your, your version may have the Greek word didymus. It means the doubter. Now Thomas, also known as the Doubter, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus appeared the first time. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my fingers where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, The disciples were again in the same house, and Thomas was with them this time. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, just as he did the last time, Peace be with you. Then he turned to Thomas and said, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen. Blessed are those who have not seen and still have believed. This is the passage that causes us to call the man Doubting Thomas. But he's no different than the rest of the disciples, and he's no different than us. He wasn't there the first time that Jesus appeared. We don't know why he wasn't there. He wasn't gathering with the disciples. It may be that he was discouraged or disillusioned and thought because Jesus didn't take over the political messiahship, he wasn't the real messiah. It's very likely that Thomas has gone off to return to whatever kind of life he had before Jesus. It's the same kind of thing we're going to see concerning Peter in the next chapter. Thomas wasn't there. The other disciples got to see Jesus, and they didn't even recognize him until he spoke. Did he just appear while he was speaking? Was he there and they weren't aware? We don't know. But their belief came at seeing Jesus. They're no different than Thomas. He just wants the same opportunity. And he wants to know that it's not an imposter. It's the real risen Christ by the nail marks in his hands, by the hole in his side where he was sliced open. Thomas is from Missouri. <laughs> not really, but, you know, Missouri is called the show me state. We're not going to believe it until we see it. All of us say seeing is believing. Well, these days with AI, seeing may not be believing. Deep AI can fake anybody into any situation and post a video of you in New York City yesterday when you weren't anywhere close to New York City. So I'm not sure that seeing is really still believing, but to Thomas, it would be unless I see him for myself, unless I unless I touch the scars, unless I put my hand into his side. I won't believe it's really him. So, Jesus, after a week of not appearing to the disciples at all, they're gathered again, and this time, Thomas has rejoined them on the hope, perhaps, that Jesus really is out there. The other disciples are certainly convinced. They're moving forward with the ministry, Thomas believes his calling is to be with them, so he's joined them again. And Jesus again appears, though the doors are locked, probably still for fear of the Jews. Jesus materializes in their midst, having not come through the door. And as soon as they recognize that he's there, he says, peace be with you. doesn't want them to feel like his presence is out of the ordinary. Isn't that interesting? He doesn't want them to feel anxiety or fear or shock or dismay that he suddenly appears in the middle of them. He wants them to have as much peace with him there as they have hanging out with themselves. He doesn't want his appearance to be weird or reason for acting differently. That says something really profound to you and I about how we treat the presence of God. There are people in this world who treat the presence of God as though it is some out of character event, out of the ordinary happening when the presence of God is equally available to everyone on this earth at any given moment in time. We believe as Christians that God is always here, that he's everywhere, all at the same time. When we gather for church, it isn't hoping that God will join us. He's already there. When we gather for church, it's to join him. When we gather for Bible study, It isn't in the hope that God will show up. It's to show up and join him there. He's already there. Jesus wants his disciples to understand his presence isn't extraordinary. It's the ordinary way that things should be. If he's missing, then something's wrong. He reinforces that understanding by his words to Thomas. He says, peace be with you. Then he turns straight to Thomas and he says, look, it's me. Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach your hand into my side. Stop doubting and believe. His instruction is for the purpose of stopping Thomas's doubting. He may as well ask, Thomas, why did you doubt in the first place? Is it weird that I would appear here? Why did you doubt? Why do you have requirements on your faith? That's probably the best question. Why did you place requirements On your faith stop doubting how many times in our lives do we put requirements on our faith how many times do we demand an answer to a prayer in order to have faith that God can do that thing how many times is our faith damaged when we don't get the answer we expect or demand? Many. If we're honest, the answer is many times. We're disappointed when what we prayed for didn't happen. As though God didn't hear or God wasn't there. What a funny question. Does God answer prayer? Absolutely. The question is, Do we often see the answer to that prayer? And the answer to that question is not as much as we should. I've heard people say, I've never once seen God answer a prayer. Well, then you weren't watching. I've heard other people say, well, God always answers prayer, but sometimes he just says no. Well, maybe. But the Bible says the answers of God, the answers of God are yes and amen. My Bible seems to say that God never says no. Other people say, well, sometimes God says not yet. That is biblical. Because people in the Bible pray for things that it's not time for. And God puts the answer off. But God doesn't say no. God says yes. God isn't bound by time. It seems to us that God says not yet, but God says yes. But since he's not in our time frame, it may look like we have to wait. But God said yes. You see, our, our picture of God is far too simplistic when we make demands on how it has to be before we'll have faith or before we'll believe or before we'll respond. The Bible says that you and I are to pray believing. Pray believing that what you ask is done. Pray your prayer, believe it's accomplished, thank God for its accomplishment, and walk away believing the answer of God has been yes. The time will sort itself out but your prayer has been answered. The answer is not no. The answer is not wait. The answer is yes. Stop doubting. Christ's instruction to Thomas here is instructive to you and I. Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. You don't have to see it to believe it if you do well then you're just like the rest of the world you believe because you saw blessed are those who don't see and still believe that's what Jesus is encouraging us to pray believe and walk away believing watch for the answer you'll see it when it comes Watch for God's activity in your world. And you'll see that he's answering a myriad of prayers. That people are tempted to say, well, maybe God didn't hear. No, God heard. God answered. And God's answer was yes. That's what the Bible says. And I don't know any different than to teach you that the Bible says the answers of God are yes and amen. God's answer is yes. Our eyes are not God's eyes. They're not perfect eyes. They're not glorified eyes yet. What we see is only a part, like looking through a darkened glass. When we stand with Christ, we will see completely and probably feel like fools forever questioning God's ability or his presence or his answer or his will. Today, God says yes. To your prayer prayed in faith, God says yes. Thank him, stand up and walk out into your world believing the answers of God.